opportunity offending from whatever the plural of abyss is, aka podcasting from spare bedrooms across suburban and exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm actually in a basement, but that's okay. I'm Jeff. And I should say, like, and you are picky, but I am Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine a crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. Remember, don't believe everything you hear on this podcast, or anywhere else for that matter, until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. We were getting close to that, and I was thinking... Jeff doesn't know that we can't do this in unison. <laughs> oh, no. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, last week we, we found out that due to time lag and everything, we could not do that. We tried it a couple times, and it just, it just, turn off your signal, Jeff. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. You got an iPhone, right? Yeah. You got to hit the little crescent moon off to a bang and start. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gents. <laughs> <laughs> a little quick housekeeping. This is the first time we've been together, the three of us, in, it's been, what, two months now? It's it literally you know. been four episodes ago. It is smooth we had, and professional as ever. We had Michael from the Bible Says What fill in for Jeff last week. For the two episodes prior to that, Ashley filled in for Jerry. Uh, so, yeah, this is the, the first time that the... Uh, the OG heathens are, are back together again for, for another episode. And it's episode 64. For those keeping count. We do every week. You actually listened to the podcast <laughs> last week, though, so I can't I, I, I can't slag you for that. He wasn't on it, so. Uh, true. Yeah, it was actually he's good. Probably, he's so. probably listening to it going, is this guy better than me? Huh. Like, like, he like, was. Like, if he's he really was. good, am, am I going to be like the first ex-heathen? This guy's coming for my right. seat, man. He's <laughs> That's right. He got that rookie. You know, he's, he's like, he's eyeing up the rookie. He's like, hey, man, he's pretty good draft pick, pretty good signing bonus. And uh, I yeah. wasn't that worried. Plays the same position as me. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Donna, what are you drinking? You could go first this week. I actually, I'm still waking my way through these mini bottles of Fireball. <laughs> so I got, I got me a clean glass. <laughs> I'm on my third one. I had two during the pre-show. So I'm on my... Yeah. Third, and these are, hold on, we figured this out, 50 milliliter, I forget how it is, I, I forget, these are, these are small. At least it's in a clean glass, so that's classy with a K. I am drinking a Founders Mass Agave. It is an Imperial Lime Goza, brewed with agave and aged in tequila barrels. It's amazing, and it's the last one I have, and I will be sad when it's gone, because it's Super I was going to say, it sounded, it had a very uh, tequila kind of vibe to it. What was, what was that again? Run that by me again. That sounded Imperial good. Imperial Lime Goza, brewed with agave, aged in tequila barrels. And it is, who knows what the ABV is, but it's barrel aid. So we'll just say it's like 17. Now it's a 10. It's a 10. So it's pretty steep. Sounds awesome. Uh, and, and what do you got, Jeff? Well, okay, so I was pre-gaming. My refrigerator is woefully short on beer supplies. You probably only had like 70. No, no, I mean, (laughs) I was kind of hankering for an IPA tonight. I have no IPA, so I think tomorrow I'm going to make a... I have to make a beer run. So you're going to brave the shutdown for beer. Hey, I braved Kroger this morning, so you know I figured braving a liquor store would be much easier than that. Actually, they do curbside pickup if you want. I just don't know what I what I want other than IPA. Kroger or the liquor store or both? 
Well, I think Kroger does it too, but so does this liquor store. They're doing curbside. Very nice. So anyway, what I found was from um, Dry County. They have a blueberry lemonade vodka mixed drink. So that's what I'm pre-gaming. And then after that, I'm going to go to a Gosa also. It's a hmm. Gosa Ale with blackberries, blackcurrant, and black sea salt made by Nightmare Brewing, which is kind of an appropriate name for what's going on. So just one kind of language note. Usually you pre-game before the game, but while we are recording, that is the game. So you're in it. You're not pre-gaming. Well, it's game face time. Well, I started it before we we gathered. Is what I was saying. I thought I would have had this <laughs> polished off before we started, but I got distracted. So anyway, I got I got my other one lined up, ready to go here. So why were you gone, Jeff? Yeah, I was gonna say we buried the lead. So why why'd you miss the last? What's your lame ass excuse for missing the last episode? Well, I think you pick up every once in a while as we record here a little cough every once in a while, which was one of the early signs of having the virus. So it was the the day before we were going to record. After work, you know, I actually kind of left work early because I was just kind of exhausted. I was just beat to hell. That was weird to begin with. Then that evening, I got up to go to the bathroom, apparently. And I say apparently because I don't remember that much that I, I passed out on the floor Katie heard the clunk, came in to get me. You woke up in the middle of the night and went to the bathroom and you woke and up when Katie woke you on up. The floor. Had, had yeah. it collapsed in, on the floor. So this was like yeah, in, in I, the middle of the night sometime. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of remember hitting the floor, but I don't remember that much about it. <laughs> and, and so that's when we kind of knew that there's something going on. And then so the next day, that's when I started getting the, uh, the temperature and the cough and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of had suspicions that that's what was going on by the symptoms. And then I think it was Sunday night, <laughs> I started getting the, uh, the, uh, the shortness of breath when I went up to go to the bathroom. I, you know, my bedroom, we have a bathroom off our, uh, a bathroom off the bedroom, so it wasn't that far to go, but it just took my breath away doing that. So we knew something else was going on at that point, it wasn't going the right direction. So we called um, Paulding County Hospital and all that, just kind of tell them the symptoms, just to see, you know, is this something we should be doing something about now? Um, so we kind of walked through what I was experiencing. And I was fine laying in bed. I didn't have any breathing problems laying in bed. It was just when I went, you know, to, to go to go somewhere. Um, so they said, really, you know, the best thing is to stay home, stay in bed drink plenty of fluid, take Tylenol, you know, that whole thing, you know, said if you can avoid going into the hospital, that'd be the, the best thing. You know, they, and they told us, you know, if it ramped up to, to these kind of conditions, that's when you call and, and go in. But fortunately, I didn't get, you know, any worse than that. It was bad enough. Um, and it wasn't until early this last Thursday, well, a week ago Thursday, um, that I started coming out of that and where I could start to breathe again and all that. The Thursday that we were due to record uh, two weeks ago, we texted that morning and you said that you you were running a fever, didn't feel good, and probably uh, just be on the safe side. You can go ahead and bail. And it was the following, what, Thursday or following Friday? Thursday. That's when I started to turn the corner. We were getting texts from Katie. She was updating us as far as uh, how you were doing each day, and and we were we were concerned, and yeah. and yes, then I finally <laughs> on Thursday or Friday we you started bitching about something online. You sent it yeah. sent a link. He's back. <laughs> Maybe a YouTube video or yeah or some sort of you know Atlantic article or something, and you were like, okay, Jeff's fine. He's, he's turned yeah. the corner because she was keeping us updated as far as your fever. And to be honest, like the questions I would ask her, I wasn't getting the answers I was looking for. It was like because she would say your fever's a high of this and a low of that, and, the t- and yeah, I was like, well, is it the Tylenol that's pushing it down? I only took the Tylenol when it got up around 103, 104, something like that. Well, that's what she was saying, like 103, and then the Tylenol would knock it down to like 101. I was like, well, right. is the Tylenol somehow keeping it down artificially? 
Yes, is what she was saying. And Stephen, our, our friend Stephen Barry from Nashville, I had a long uh, chat with him Friday. It was the Friday after we recorded because I remember I was working on editing and me and him were texting back and forth and I, and I told him that uh, what, what had happened to you and, and, and what Katie was telling us. And he was, he was flat up on that Friday saying he's probably got it. And this was a good three or four days before, at least I was willing to admit, you're probably, you know, without the verification of testing, probably right. Were, right. were a, a, what do they call it, assume positive, something like that, presumptive probative uh, or something along those lines? Well, I was never categorized by, you know, Wellstar or anything like that. So, uh, yeah. You never, never saw, saw a doctor, doctor so. a Katie. Yeah, Katie turned the bedroom into a, into a sauna with humidifiers and, 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 and like a rainforest. She said she was getting you up and, and getting you moving and getting you in the shower as much yeah, as possible. She was, and, she was good about doing that, you know, because I didn't feel like going anywhere. But, you know, she knew and the, doc, <laughs> the doctors told her that, too. You want to, you know, get up and do as much as you can to keep your lungs filling with oxygen and, and all that kind of stuff. You want to keep those things going. But, yeah, I mean, the other bad thing was then um so around sunday was it last week i'm kind of losing track of time here that's when katie started getting a temperature and it's getting oh no now she's got it. and we were carefully she wore a mask when she came in wiped everything down so i mean she just came in to bring food and drink and then got the hell out of there but how careful can you be you know in that type of a situation when you are the primary caregiver for somebody that's going through this right and that's what i'm saying that's where you find out how highly contagious that stuff is and so she's finally turned the corner well last night now today she she had another temperature of about 100 100 degrees i think something like that she's feeling much better but she's not quite done with it either i think they say you have to have no temperature for like 72 hours to be considered safe to go out or whatever so she's not out of the woods just yet but and her symptoms were different she didn't have the uh, the difficulty in breathing but she had a lot more of the aches and joint pain that i didn't really have and so that was her her main thing so where we got it we have no idea well it doesn't matter because you're not counted you've officially did not get it you may have had right. yeah, i'm not in the you're, numbers you're not yeah. tested they can claim that the numbers are, are low and everyone's freaking out. And you times however many tens or hundreds of thousands won't get counted because you couldn't get tested. Exactly. And it's interesting to hear you tell the story because what we heard was different like while it was happening. There were kind of two separate levels of your illness. Like as soon as you reached the first level, they were like, well, no, don't get tested and don't come to the hospital unless you're gasping for breath. The fact that even during your illness, as soon as you reach the first threshold for it to be taken seriously, it got raised to this new higher level of illness that like when she said, you know, like, don't come to the hospital unless you unless you can't breathe. It's like, yeah, no shit. You normally go to the hospital when you can't breathe, but they did not want to see you. Well, and I didn't want to see them either, to be honest. You know, I didn't want to go where all these other sick people were if if I could at all help it. I knew I would get the best care at home. Yeah, you don't want to die in your bed, though, either. Or you don't want to die waiting for an ambulance or an EMT that, that also has it because, like, a quarter or a third of EMTs in New York City have it. So one of those people comes over and puts you in an ambulance, you got a good chance of getting it worse. Well, and that, yeah, that was the very nerve-wracking, frightening kind of thing is like you didn't know where it was going to head next. You know, when they say watch for these things, it's like, I don't want to get those things. And, and so you're on pins and needles. As long as there was no change in my breathing, I was doing, I was doing fine i could stay where i was and all that but it's like you had no idea you know because there is no no two symptoms or no two people go through it the same either so it's like you don't really know what to expect you don't know what's coming that's the that's the frightening thing especially when you hear all the stories on the news and you're and you're still not 100 percent, right no no i find i started back to work on monday i mean i'm a, i am so behind but you know i, I felt good enough to go in but, you know, I have to take cartons up and down the stairs. And that would, 
you know, kind of beat the crap out of me. I'd have to sit down and rest for a while. So, and you know, that's still kind of continuing this week. I'm feeling a whole lot better as the days go on, but it's still, I'm not back to 100% normal as far as um, energy levels and and stamina and things like that. Getting there, getting there. Well, you're not a statistic though, so in a in, in a right. good way. And in a bad way, you're not a statistic because you didn't get counted. That's the thing is, you know, people that, you know, there's a bunch of people like us out there that have gone through it at home that aren't, hadn't been tested. So they're not in the numbers. So we survived. So, you know, that would normally, you would think that would kind of help the that ratio count too, had they known all this, but but that's where we're at. But, you know, and, and the weird thing too is both Katie and I have gone through this Theoretically, we have the antibodies, so you know we should be good to go, so to speak. How long it'll last? You know, the antibodies last and all that. I don't know, but it does kind of take a level of worry off of you. Like when I went to Kroger's this morning, it's like, you know, you're worried about all the other people in there because you don't know what they're doing. You know, I'm not going to catch it again. Well, so. well, how do you know that? Yeah, we don't, we don't know that. Most of the doctors ask what they say if this acts like a you know, most of the the other viruses we've gone through that you do you do build up an immunity, and they do they do supposedly have a test now available to test for antibodies. So you know, I don't think it's widely available oh, yet, but they are going to really. The test is not widely available, huh? Yeah, no, <laughs> no shit. shit. Go yeah. figure. Yeah. And by the way, this is going to be the dog barking episode too. I've already heard your dog, <laughs> Jeff, and you're probably hear mine. But, yeah, that's the thing, though. I mean, nobody really knows because, like, for example, last time I saw you, Jeff, you were sitting in the chair I'm currently sitting in. Oh, and that was a month ago. You know, yeah. I, I should probably yeah, get a get a, get, get a uh, towelette and wipe this thing down. But, but, no, the last time I saw you was when me, you, and Ashley recorded a month ago. And that was here in this room. And I've been working in this room every day since then, basically, because we recorded on Thursday. I went to work on Friday. I think I worked to work on Monday, and I was home Tuesday following that that recording session and have been home every day since. I've been working in this room basically every day since. But I could have been one of the people that absolutely had it and and gave it to you and was asymptomatic and never knew it. And Kim could have been in that same boat as well. I could have got it from Kim. Uh, going, you know, who knows? You, you, you know, I have no idea. Because, like you said, there is no testing. So the the numbers are artificially, you know, deflated. Yeah, I mean, as I, as I kind of worked the, the numbers backwards as far as like, so when might I have been exposed? The only thing that I could figure out is, um, so after Cobb County Schools shut down, we were saying that was middle of, middle of March. Yeah, that was like the fifteenth, sixteenth, or so. We've kind of figured it yeah. was somewhere in there. And then a lot of a lot of businesses started started to send their people home to work from home and all that. And so that's when you know the the stores started going nuts. You know, people buying everything up, including toilet paper and all that. And so I was at the store, you know, during one of those uh, I don't even want to call it fuck fest outbreaks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my suspicion is that's prob I caught it probably from somebody in there because there was just hundreds of people in the aisles and in the checkout line and and you know even though you didn't see anybody coughing or sneezing we know now it doesn't take that so I mean that's that's the only thing I could figure time wise that would make sense as far as you know when I started showing the symptoms and all that so but you just don't know I mean you know I could have got it from a box. From UPS, I don't know. I figured at at best it was two weeks from the time I saw you to the time you first started showing symptoms. Probably, statistically speaking, I was probably okay. You you weren't. You could have gave it to him. You. I could have gave it to him. He could have gave it to me. You could be the asymptomatic that's getting everybody sick. So right, yeah. Let's all blame Don. <laughs> Patient zero. Right. Don. It out. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I, I literally, I could have got it from him that day. I could have gave it to him that day. I could have had it for the two weeks prior. I could have had it two weeks after that time. Who knows? We'll never know because we were never tested. Well, and then, you know, the shutdown uh, and stay-at-home kind of things, all those kind of things, I think were really late going as well. 
because I, I, I think the cat was out of the bag by that point in most states. It's a little late then to start staying at home if people have been in contact with others who have had it. And even that, um, you know, they supposedly have this drive-through testing thing at Georgia Tech with, uh, was it CVS is sponsoring that or something? But Katie tried to uh, to get an appointment there, and, and no, they have all these limits that you have to be like a health care worker, you've had to have been in contact with somebody that's, you know, been a known carrier, so all these, so it's not really for the public. So you still can't get publicly tested if you want to. And that's the thing that's, that's dangerous. One of the many things, because by the time we release this, Corona Stock 2020 is going to happen <laughs> at churches across the U.S. Oh, yeah. It's already been happening with the, the, the high holy days or whatever. Oh, yeah, it is Holy Thursday, lest, lest, lest I forget. It's Monday Thursday. Monday Thursday, right? No. And then tomorrow's Good Friday. No. Am I mixing that up? No. No. You. You. You know what you're. You know what you're being. You're being not Catholic. It, it's. It's holy. <laughs> so since since the only thing that at least I understand are, are Catholic traditions, it's Holy Thursday. Except okay, I, just I don't know what Monday is. What is that? Is that like Mon? Is it M A U N D Y? Is a Christian holy day falling on the Thursday before Easter commemorates the washing of the feet. And the Last Supper of Jesus with the Apostles. Because it's also uh, Passover today, right? So that's, you know, when they celebrated the Passover. So, yeah, I don't know where they get Monday, what that means. But, yeah, that's that's today. It's Monday, Thursday. Hmm. Gather around, children. Jeff's going to teach us about Catholicism. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> today, you, you know, we're, we're taping on Thursday, April 9th. Do you know? Do you know? I know what it is. I know the answer. I saw you tweet it today. Then let the people know. It is Confederate Surrender yes. Day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here, you know what? I will drink to the South's defeat and surrender at Appomattox. Mm. I'm going to have a Northern beer, and it should be a national holiday, and it should be taught that way. And that's not even my rant. I could probably go off on it, but it is a great day to be an American because the South lost their ass. Lost, and I say that say it from the South. They don't know that they they won't claim it, but our governor probably doesn't know they lost. He just found out. But so we were going to talk about how a lot of the uh, the conservative evangelical churches are still gathering. Some of them, you know, they're Pentecostal. They're still laying on hands on one another, not just gathering, but touching one another and all that. And, uh, you know, there's nothing that Kemp is doing about that. Well, it's not just Kemp. It's not just our firing governor. It's it's a lot of governors across the country are, are exempting for whatever, uh, for whatever reason different religious gatherings or will override local ordinances that limit the religious meetings of, of over 10 or more. It's religious freedom, baby. They're exempt. No way they can clamp down on them because they're just doing what Jesus said to do. Well, what they're saying is is that, like the pastors will say that the government doesn't have the authority to tell us we can't meet. And that's true. They, the uh, government does not have the authority to say Christian churches cannot meet. The government does have the authority to say any meeting over the 10 people period, is outlawed in the state for whatever reason. And it's not pointing you out. It's not singling you out. It's not giving you some sort of preferential treatment or looking at you discouragingly. It's treating you just like any other gathering. For whatever reason, the virus doesn't care. We need we need to do this at, at this time. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying is, is these churches are just kind of thumbing their nose at it. And, you know, we've seen the clips on CNN and all that. You know, the ladies saying, well, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus, so I'm protected from the virus. You know, you have, it used to be, it was the still shot. It was the photographer's front page shot, the student at Kent State. Those pictures that were indelible in, in the minds of everybody. And now it that seems to be more uh, video clips and memes. And I believe that is going to be one of the ones that goes down 
in history. When you look back at this time 20 years from now, that's going to be one of the indelible images on the landscape that was this pandemic in 2020. So I see it a different way. Not that there's all kind of horrible and inspiring iconic images, but this is a great example of political power. Straight up. They 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 yeah. can they cannot be crossed. They are powerful enough to get governors across the country giving them special rights and arguably a license to either get sick or get other people sick. While the rest of the country locks down, they get to keep doing what they're doing. Sports leagues don't. Nobody else gets to meet. They do because they've got the power to back it up because politicians live in fear of losing their vote. Absolutely. And we don't have that. They're also lining up for the handouts when the checks start getting cut. Oh, yeah, you're talking about that article where some of these pastors are going to get uh, a cut of some of that, that uh, the trillion dollar thing that we sent out, that we're sending out. That's infuriating. Yeah. Even if you're not doing the in-person sermon, you know, you can still uh, pod, not podcast, what do you call it, live stream. And I'm sure they're still getting their money. So I don't, I don't know any pastor that would be hurting financially. Who gives a shit? They don't pay taxes. <laughs> they don't pay taxes. That's, so that's they a good are point. not participating in the system. But that goes back to what you're saying, Jerry. As far as the power of their political core or whatever. I'll go one step further. I mean, the Republicans are trying to push through basically a slush fund for corporations, their buddies. By the way, they did. Instead of a stimulus check being cut to a corporation, let's just make a law that you get what you paid in taxes back for the last two years. And if you didn't pay anything into the system, then you don't get jack shit back. But if you did pay money into the system, then you get that back. And and that is your stimulus. Well, that's not too fair for, for low-income people that may not be paying into the... I'm talking about corporations. I'm oh, talking oh, about, like, yeah. Amazon not getting shit or, or GE or some of these big corporations that don't pay taxes not getting right. a stimulus, but corporations that do pay taxes gotcha. that yeah. don't have the political power to loophole themselves out of taxes... Or would get back whatever they paid over whatever period of time. So, yeah, all these pastors are getting their hands out there. <coughs> that that makes no sense at all. But it does, though. Other than, you know, they got the power. They 100% do. But, yeah, I mean, my concern on, you know, we were talking about uh, these gatherings and things is, is like that lady that we saw on CNN talking about she's covered in the blood of Jesus. And then she goes on talking about how she goes to Walmart. And you know, so she... Every day. So she's spreading, you know, whatever she picks up at her little church thing is going out in the community big time because I'm sure, you know, she didn't have a face mask on. And vice versa. Oh. Whatever she's picking up at Home Depot or she's picking up at Kroger or, or Publix or whatever, she's taken back to the church as well, too. And isn't that where the big hotspot in South Georgia started was because of these big funerals? It's not just South Georgia. That's... But, I mean, that was one of the big hotspots here. Same thing in Korea and same thing in a number of other places uh, right here in Bartow County in Cartersville. uh, A a funeral early on because Bartow County was number four when early on in Georgia when it was first hitting the big suburban Atlanta counties, Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb were the first three. But Bartow was number four, and that was due to one funeral that a number of people attended uh, at, at one particular church. So, yeah, it, it seems to be, churches seem to be the epicenter of a number of different hotspots. Well, and it's because they think that they're somehow protected by, you know, God's not going to let them get sick because, uh, you know, he cares for them. So. And if they don't believe that, then they are somehow a, a doubting Thomas and, and they will... They don't have faith. Yeah, it, it's... You know, I see a lot of posts on, on in social media that talk about how, oh, we'll just let them, you know, hey, it's thinning out the hurt. But it's not just them. It's the everybody that they come in contact, that they come in contact, that they come in contact with, that's putting those people in, in danger way down the line. So it, it, it's not, you know, just the person that's acting irresponsibly is in most cases isn't the person that's going to feel the ultimate effect 
of that person's blatant stupidity. But, <laughs> excuse me, just to put a disclaimer, though, most of the mainline progressive churches, and, you know, I dare say all, and I, I'm, I can't say all, but I know most of them that I'm aware of are doing the live streaming. They're not gathering. They don't want people to come. I, for the heck of it, I checked out the church that I used to go to years ago, Macklin Presbyterian. And yeah, they're doing a, a YouTube live stream. And there's three people that are involved in you know, doing, they got a, like a couple of musicians and then the pastor. And they're all outside, distanced apart from each other. So they're doing it. You don't have to get together to celebrate or, you know, do your religious Yeah, stuff. but what'd your sister do about the palms? Give a little background of what we're talking about here with the palms. Well, okay, that was Palm Sunday. So, you know, this is the, the, the myth, mythological story about where Jesus was coming into Jerusalem and people laid down palms in front of his donkey and all that kind of thing. So the celebration most churches do on Palm Sunday is everybody has a palm and they wave it around. <laughs> so my sister's church was struggling with... <laughs> You know, how can we still celebrate Palm Sunday even though – so they weren't gathering at the church, so at least they were doing that. So how will we ever be able to celebrate Palm Sunday? Well, so what, what they – the alternative they thought of is, well, let's get a bunch of palms and we'll put them on people's doorsteps. So, you know, <laughs> it's, again, kind of a nice thought, Yeah, but – Except for that whole thing about let's take let's leave shit on somebody's doorstep that might be infected. Right, because you don't you know where one do these person palms? we don't know that if they're infected or not. Let them drive around leaving shit on everybody's doorstep right. just in case. I mean, if I saw a stray palm sitting on my porch, I would not want to pick it up. I would say, what is up with this? So <laughs> my sister, I guess she's on the committee that was talking about this. She was the only one that said. Let's just not do that this time. We could do something digital if you want to, you know, record something with palms or have people make their own palms at home out of construction paper or whatever. It's like, just let's not do this handing out of the palm kind of thing. But no, she was the only person that voted against it. Now, she's not she's not, not going to participate. So they're doing it? They're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she couldn't talk them out of it. Nope. She was the lone voice in the wilderness. Yep. Crying I'm pr- out. I'm I'm proud of her for that. <laughs> now, serious, serious question. Does it test her faith? My sister's faith? Yeah. To not celebrate that? No. Does she see the stupidity of the fellow followers that she is flocked with? Or is this just like a one-off? Well, you know, I, I, I can't read her mind on that. Hey, you know what? We got her on the phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I could tell she was, she was pretty pissed off with that they didn't see the absurdity of, is like, God is going to be fine with us if we don't do that this year. Let's, we'll, you know, we'll send out like thousands of palms next year once we can do this again. But like this year, this is Satan testing us, Jeff. This is just a test. And those failing kind of uh, attitudes will, will never get you anywhere in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that's kind of the conservative mind thought is, you know, if you don't follow through these celebrations, <laughs> you're not going to be on God's good side. So I think that was probably what was driving the other people. Do you think this might have somehow laid some seeds and some cracks that might split open? Or do you think that she'll be able to somehow justify this? Mm. They're in a small community, so, you know, these are their friends and neighbors and things like that. So I think it's something she's going to have to, you know, get over. Sounds like she already did. So it wasn't really much of a dilemma, just kind of a one-off. Like, okay, they're kind of dumb, and I might want to stay away from them. Either that or she'll think that she was the one that buckled in the face of a true test. Well. And and somehow was, you know, unworthy. The thing is, you don't know what the others are, you know, what the others are thinking about her. You know, I'm sure that's something she kind of wonders about as well. But, you know, she did the right thing. She stuck to her guns. And so good for her. I'm proud of her. That's a good segue because I am not proud of us. The three of us collectively? Well, that's a given. <laughs> not like uh, I would say the the non-believer, skeptic. Atheist, agnostic community, science enthusiast. Yes. Science approving, no magical thinking. Did we miss a messaging opportunity with all of this i'm sure we did 
because we're the worst messengers in the history of the uh, of the history of the world. <laughs> of the art no, form. There's, there's no no question about that. Like we're but if if it was a 50 state ranking, we'd still be below Mississippi. Like in edu- in education. That's how low we are. <laughs> Like Mississippi is like 59th and there's only 50 states. Uh, Magical science thinking. What evidence does anybody have that we are going to not only get a vaccine for COVID-19, but it's going to not only happen. First of all, it's going to happen. Then it's going to happen in 12 months to, to 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. 18 months. And then, yeah. 18 and then the months. Third, right. 18 months at the longest. People much smarter than me have said 18 months. So I'm going with 18 months. That's if things go wrong. 18 months. And here's the part that it, th- this is such a leap of logic. I wish I had those kind of hops on the basketball floor that it's going to be available to everyone. Oh, yeah. It's not only going to be available, but it's going to be affordable. It's going to be accessible. You're going to be able to get it at the CVS like you do your flu shot. Other than this belief, this like deep-seated belief that it's the right thing and that the faith is that our country and all of our systems are going to somehow magically pull themselves out of the shit show that we're living in to say, oh, we have found the common good. Everybody should get this vaccine and it should be free or it should be $5 a dose and you should be able to get it everywhere. And once everybody gets it, we can go back to normal because no one will have to worry about COVID-19 anymore. It would make no reason for the president to try and hire a German company to formulate the vaccine for the American consumer public. Hire is doing a lot of work in that sentence. That's a stretch. Uh, Big time. So why do so many people have their hopes hanging on this vaccine? Right. Well, I mean, because, you know, look look at what we've seen with testing period on COVID-19. We thought we were told that anybody could have the test no, that no, no, wanted no. a test and they were going to be free. They were going to be covered. We were told on numerous occasions, but shame on anybody that actually believed it. Considering the source, no reputable source ever said testing was going to be widespread and anybody who wanted a test could get it. None. Other than dotard. And (laughs) people in his orbit. So why does anybody think, other than the fact that a vaccine is like this shining beacon, almost like the shining city on a hill, just like a church, (laughs) beaming down. It's a vaccine. It will lift us out of our self-imposed home prisons and everything will be back to normal again. And we can go out to breweries and we can shake people's hands and the economy is not going to be in the toilet. There is zero, no evidence that this even is going to happen, let alone a time period and then accessible. Because I think it's too depressing for people to even try and get their head wrapped around because then there's no hope. And it feels like this false god. Like we actually think there's going to be a vaccine. I hope I am wrong. But the evidence is on my side on this one. I'm going to go on pause and listen. What? Or on mute. We already have the experience with, you know, the testing for the virus right now. That that's not widely available whatsoever. is very restricted to those who can get it. Yeah, who can get it other than people with money. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Movie stars can get it. Well, and and thankfully the people, you know, the nurses and doctors and that, because it's definitely good to know if if they have it or, you know, the people that are in the um, police department, fire department. If you're a politician and you're in the same room as somebody who had it, then you're eligible for testing. But in somebody like in your case, who's running a fever of 102, 103, 104 for five to six days straight, you're told to stay at home and, you know, just hunker down. Keep a stiff upper lip. Well, because the, the other thing, you know, the, like the next stage that we should be looking at is to, you know, to have a test available, widely available. And that's the whole kind of, you know, in the same category as like, yeah, right. 
for for people that have had it to test if they have antibodies because you know they should be safe enough Jeff, to go back to work. The federal government is shutting down their tests. They're leaving it all to the states. All to the states. Yeah. Yeah. So well, and the corporations where and, yeah. and take no responsibility. Does anybody think other than a hope and a prayer that there's going to be a vaccine. We had a Zoom call with a bunch of fellow non-believers on Tuesday, and I had no idea that one of them worked for a pharmaceutical company. No idea. And I feel bad because I probably wouldn't have gone off similarly. <laughs> I would totally have this conversation with him, like one-on-one, because I honestly would love to hear the other side of the story. What's the story from inside? When you work for a big corporation, yeah. I don't care which one it is, there's a dark side. There's a less savory side that may just be kind of a cost of doing business. Well, you're talking about profit. Not just profit, but their practices. You know, you don't get to be and stay a big corporation by being above board on everything. There are definitely better ones. Like, we could call Hobby Lobby one of the worst. Continually, comically bad. Nobody I know works for anybody, works for any company as bad as Hobby Lobby. We probably work for some of the better ones, but none of them are perfect. But you can't name the last nationwide vaccine. You, there's no way you could name it. It would probably take a half hour of duck duck going to figure it out. Well, the only thing I think that's different in, in what's going on right now is this one is so highly contagious and so dangerous and lethal at the same time that there's a whole lot more incentive for corporations to come out. You know, maybe... Uh, uh, you know, the vaccine isn't where they should be putting all. I mean, there definitely should be effort going there. But, yeah, I don't I don't see that in 18 months. I think most most experience tells you that's like two to three years. Not even that. Real, realistically, Not even with that. tests and all that kind of thing. But That's just as magical. Nobody, unless well, you really know the timetable for drug creation, 18 months is just doubling the magical thinking. And this is slightly less magical. Well, it is absolutely because, yeah, I mean, because it's, you need to test it against, you know, such a, a wide range of people, including kids, elderly, and all that, and you want to make sure that it's safe and effective. So, yeah, I, I can't see how you could compress that kind of a testing kind of protocol. I think one of the podcasts I listened to, you know, where this doctor was talking about, yeah, that eighteen months is not realistic at all. He was kind of saying that, you know, probably four years is the fastest we've ever done anything if you're doing the testing correctly, you know, to make sure it is safe and effective. And Right, but you have, you have the president spouting off about untested drugs kind of continually that his goon, Rudy Giuliani, has a financial interest in, and so does he. Like, the graft and the... Federal government intercepting needed supplies that are going to states and then gets funneled back through the federal government to his friends and droogs. The level of corruption. We ignore it because we almost don't have a choice but to ignore it. Otherwise, you want to like end it all. But it's so bad and you've got an audience of 330 million people that you can potentially make money off of, this is an opportunity that they cannot pass up. Well, and Peter Navarro was the other one kind of pushing it against... Uh, he's a um, nut job. Uh, well, he's a nut job. The fact he that he's that high job. is yep. in, in any administration. But there's 50 of those dudes. It's never ending. They just get worse and more craven. And again, you know, a drug like that may work with certain people in certain cases, but, you know, they also know that, that it could cause cardiac arrest and things like that in other people. So it's not a completely safe drug at this point. We don't know. It hasn't been widely tested, you know, blind testing and all that. And, you know, there, there may be other drugs out there that might be the remedy. That's the point, though, Jeff. You're not going to get a sniff of them uh, unless the people in power are getting a cut of the action. Everything about this. Distribution of ventilators. Colorado was supposed to get 500 ventilators. The feds took them. 
And then they gave a hundred and he patted his senator friend on the back publicly so he could take credit for a hundred ventilators. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. So let's say they get a vaccine and nobody wanted to talk about this in the Zoom meeting and I don't blame them, but I'm going to talk about it again. What if it's a thousand dollars a dose? And if you don't have it, hey, fuck you. Yep, because we don't have universal health care. This is the same industry that forces people with insulin to choose between their medication and eating or took the price of an EpiPen from 100 to 700 well, More than likely, it's going to be $1,000 if you're a U.S. citizen. It'll be 15 euros if you're a member of the European Union. It'd be free probably there. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be allowed to make money on it, but the amount of money that they can make, particularly when they have cornered the market with it, is obscene. Yeah, that's an incredible amount of power they would have if they if they had the magic key. This is yet another reason why, if he gets elected again, mm. if you want your vaccine to get to all America, and then he'll just end the conversation right there. Because you know what to do. It's time to start signing a check, or talking to Ivanka, or Jared. And then all of a sudden, Jared comes in, And you know what? We have a deal. They're going to get cut into everything. It's all that they've ever done. So for me, there is a giant scientific skepticism about a vaccine. I'll believe it when I see it. I hope they're super successful. But you're operating in a world that is so gigantically, corruptly dysfunctional now. How can something like that that is so needed by everyone in America, actually punch through that corruption. I don't see it. I told you it was a rant. I didn't say it was a happy one. (laughs) And a downer rant, man. That is actually one of the other things that at least I kind of discovered this week. Everybody complains about being stuck at home or having to work from home or the view never changes and... You get on people's nerves and they get on your nerves. I don't think I was really prepared for how long this may have to continue. What's it mean from 10 different angles? And when I thought about it, I was like, I got kind of bummed out. I'm like, damn, like how in the world do you keep your head up during this torrent of bad news? I don't have an answer, but, you know, maybe at least better to kind of realize now that things ain't going to be great for a while, then, because it feels like almost everyone's going to have this moment. Like, to me, it does. Like, they're going to finally not treat it like the two, three, four-week vacation (laughs) from commuting, not having to wear actual pants. Saving $30 a week on gas. Right, and probably more on food unless you're taken out all the time. You know, you're not driving your car anywhere. You're not doing shit, basically. And by the way, here's the other part that kind of came crashing down as of recent. All three of us at this recording got it good. Yeah. We are absolutely in the lucky bucket. We we not only have, you know, homes where there is some space, but... Gainful employment. Gainful employment, the ability to work from home, not, you know, you don't have to make a choice of putting yourself out in a highly infectious world to put food on the table or you don't got a gig anymore. None of us have lost our job. None of our spouses have lost their jobs. Knock on wood. We're, we're both we're both two household income you know families um, with and without kids of, of varying ages. But neither one of us ha- and our spouses have... You know, we're not coming up with, you know, one paycheck short of a monthly cycle. And, and yeah, absolutely. We're, we're privileged uh, to be able to say that. We had how many weeks now? Three, has it been three weeks of record-breaking unemployment claims in America? Yeah. So, we're, yeah, we're very lucky. Keeps building. We're very Keeps lucky building. that none of us have fallen into that bucket. Well, you're not in a two-bedroom apartment or a one-bedroom apartment or small kids and having to try and work and teach them 
homeschool them or keep them on task when they're doing, you know, Zoom lessons through a laptop. If you have a laptop, if you have internet access, if you can stay home, a lot of people can't stay home. They If they leave, they don't make any money. They don't make any money. They get kicked out onto the street. So there are way, way harder problems facing a lot of people. That's where the bungling and incompetence and ignorance is really going to hit home. It already is. I don't want to get too dark as he basically painted the whole podcast black. No, no, by all means. Yeah, right. Yeah, (laughs) just giving us all that cheer. Come on, take us down, Satan. You know what? It ain't Satan. I mean, I look, <laughs> tell me where I'm wrong. I mean, like, tell me, tell me where I'm wrong. Once I became aware, aware of it, it got me down more. How many times have you really been given the advice that you need to take things one day at a time? You know, because it's kind of so bad. Like, you can't look at the next year or five years or three months as just being just this thing you can't escape like I, I there's probably not many things like like maybe recovery after a surgery is one day at a time and jeff yeah. you know a little bit of that i know a little bit about that but there was a right. there was a yeah. there was kind of a finite light at the end of the tunnel and you knew if things were progressing well or if they weren't and if they weren't you had an outlet you could go back to the doctor and you could change treatment options the outcome could be adjusted so it still was favorable to you and it was something that was still under your control if you did the work the hard work you could make that progress that's the thing is we don't have control no with this and that's what's difficult you still haven't turned your phone off have you still haven't oh was that my phone do i need to chide myself Oh. Hey, you're you're not part of this karma. Android boy. Listen to that. You hear that? That that's karma fucking you in the Another ass. One. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you know? How do you know that I don't like that? So so burn. <laughs> just just for the record, these are fifty milliliter bottles, and I am through six. Hmm. Uh oh. 300 Uh-oh. milliliters. Our Canadian viewers know how much. We're ending this podcast now that you're six of these in. <laughs> I, w- I-, I would have to duck, duck, go it to figure out what the uh, conversion rate of that is. Yeah, you can tell us on the next podcast because it might take you that long to figure out. Exactly. So, so I- I'll give you the downer scenario. What am I missing? In what sense? What do you mean? Well, is there, you know... Is there any hope? Is it too dark or unrealistic? I don't know. I mean, to me, the, 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 the thing that is, and I know this is Pollyanna thinking to do this, but I mean, this one has such a, uh, not even potential, it's happening now, a disastrous effect on the world economy, not just our economy, but the world economy, that there's a whole lot more incentive on figuring path out of this particular virus versus, you know, like SARS or, you know, what are those other ones, H1N1. This one, I think, has a huge financial incentive component that, you know, might help things. That's the only kind of kind of thing I'm clinging on to as, as, as a piece of hope. Help help who? Well, I'm you know. Oh, my God, Jeff. Everybody. Jeff, uh, you know. live in America. <laughs> I have to remind you, the only, the only thing that they care about is the Dow Jones. If the Dow Jones is is doing okay, that's all that matters, man. That's it. How's your portfolio looking? I don't I don't want to look. But yeah, it's uh let me look at what today. Oh, it's it went up today. It's still is like is like up in 23 Hey Jeff. Hey Jeff. Here. It's your privilege talking. You have a portfolio. Most people don't. It's not highly invested in stocks at this point. You got money to invest in anything. Most people don't. Oh, you know what? I was supposed to let you be the light at the end of the tunnel, and here I am with my black light. But see, but when you well, put black, when you put black light on things, it shines. Well, that's right. You're in your, that special room. So that's me, black light, showing up all the imperfections on your black jeans. Look at all the dust on them. <laughs> I remember black lights. I apologize. 
I hit you with something probably a tad hard, but hey, now you know where my head is. Speaking of privilege, I don't have to commute to do the podcast. I can have a second beer, and I'm having one. I'm having a Polar Nafton's Paradise Imperial Coffee Stout from Lupulin Brewing because it's in Big Lake, Minnesota, eh? and it's quite delicious, and I think it's oh, yeah. it's also 10%. Two ten percent beers Ooh. in the same evening for me. Ooh, Whew. that's that is unusual. Ooh, no. That's twenty percent, eh? <laughs> so, so Big Lake is located between Minneapolis and St. Cloud, Minnesota. It's a town of about ten thousand people. Currently, partly cloudy and thirty-seven mm, that, degrees. That sounds very Minnesota. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> yeah, eh? and sorry for mocking your accent, any Minnesota listeners. We say it because we are you. At least two of us are. Well, and I used to live kind of in that area there, eh? Well, in, near Duluth. Duluth. My brother lives in, in Brainerd. Oh, for real? Brainerd? Mm-hmm. Very yeah, far. Well, just he actually does, north no, of there. he doesn't even yeah. live in Brainerd. Yeah. He lives in exurban Brainerd, like somewhere no one ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> like Frozen Toe Lake. <laughs> ba- well, he, he does. He lives on a frozen lake. Did, did I show you the video where he went and he took a kayak out on the frozen lake? Just to- You did. <laughs> that is just to break up super the Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, he wishes he could he could live on the warm plains of Brainerd, but no, he's north of there. <laughs> In uh, Bacchus, 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 eh? Okay, you want to know? Bacchus, Bacchus. Yeah. Sorry, that's the ten percent beer talking. I apologize. That does sound tasty. I'd take a taste so of Jeff, that if you, you were uh, closer. No, you're I, you're not. Getting any of my beer, and I'm not getting any of your beer <laughs> mm, forever. No, no tasties for a while. No more sharing for a while. Does anyone have any recommendations? No. Other hey. than don't share your drinks. <coughs> so I just started reading. I knew he had a book. The, the How did I know he had a book? Put it in the rundown. Well, of course, Jeff's I, latest book. I always have a book. Well, and that's because I listen to all these podcasts, and they have these people on there. It's like, ooh, and these people that write books. Like an interesting book. So this, the uh, the author is Catherine Stewart. She was the run one that wrote the book on um, the Good News Clubs. You know, where these evangelical things would go in there and and put in these little clubs for the kids to uh, convert them to their brand of theology. Um, so she's got another book out now called The Power Worshippers Inside the Dangerous Rise of Religious Naturalism. Now, why she called it religious nationalism rather than Christian nationalism, I don't know, because she's talking about Christian nationalism. She's been on the, um, the American Free Thought podcast with John Snyder. Future guest of the heathens. And then uh, Seth Andrews, uh, Thinking Atheist. Go. She was on that one, too. So it in Intrigued me very much because you know like, I've read the book by you know, Kevin Krauss um, on you know, kind of the history of the religious right and all that. So this kind of piggybacks on all of that kind of stuff on, and, and that's you know like like Jerry was talking about earlier about the power of the religious right. They are so ingrained that it's and how much power they have that it's scary. And if Trump gets away with eliminating or minimizing vote by mail that's where these people we didn't even rise talk about the wisconsin occasion. elections so it becomes, that was a profoundly black light uh, event oh yes sorry tell us about your book yep. jeff <laughs> <laughs> well i mean so i would say listen to the podcast that i mentioned to kind of get the inside scoop you know you may not even have to read the book after listening to the podcast it may make you sick <laughs> enough um, but i just started reading it to <laughs> Uh, because I like to well, get more angry that's why at the world. There's a podcast for me. Just rant. Yep. Yeah, this will make you rant even more. So I have a I have a non ranty recommendation. Okay. If you if you get epics on your cable or satellite, you should a hundred percent watch War of the Worlds. It's an is that eight- on one eighty seven eighteen I'm sorry eighteen seventy five eighteen seventy five on Comcast. Okay. It is awesome. I mean, it's it, it, seriously like it is big War budget. War of the Worlds is it? Is it the remake of the of the H.G. Wells? It is Martian classic. It is okay. a it is a modern around and when was the world. This made? Like 
this year. Wow. Okay. Like like wow. Like, oh, like it debuted. Oh, okay. I think it did. De- it's a. It's French and Sky TV and bunch of a bunch of different uh, networks. I think it debuted mm-hmm. in Europe late 2019 and here in February. And okay, it is kick ass. Big budget, science fiction, really, and, and it's not going to be the only season. So hmm. I'm psyched about that. But yes, highly recommend it. It looks like you can get it on, oh, on Amazon yeah. Prime, too. And yeah, now, in totally the original, they, they died of the common cold, and uh, that was pretty much the end of it. So, now, this is not are they that. changing that? No. No, changing it. This is definitely okay. not that. Hmm. Um, okay. Highly recommend it. Spoiler and, alert. <laughs> if you haven't, you know, from 50 years ago. Oh, you, you'll know you'll know right off the bat that, oh. that this is not like life. It doesn't have a neat little tidy ending. Like America, it doesn't have a neat little tidy ending. It's going to be messy, full of graft, and people oh, making money no. that you despise. Sorry, got black light again. Kind of like kind of like oh, today's world. The, the now, baby. The now. And if you have a stomach for it, there's a great David Frum piece in the Atlantic called This Is All Trump's Fault. And just by the headline, you could be like, well, of course it is. But he lays it out in a way... That's really kind of succinct and devastating that really brought it home for me. And then, you know, maybe you could watch Dairy Girls on on Netflix and feel better afterwards because it's kind of a downer, too. Well, what's, what's Dairy Girls? Well, well and Frum is not a, uh, a liberal either. He's, he's a conservative, right? And what's Dairy Girls? Yes. Don, it is a comedy I dare to ask. show on Netflix set in Northern Ireland during the Troubles back in the early 90s, and it is hysterically funny if you could actually understand a word they are saying. But okay, it is hilarious. Can't recommend Dairy Girls enough. Love that show. And what's, what's that on? Netflix. Netflix, okay. I get that. Epics I don't get. Amazon Prime, then. Yeah, I just saw that you, they, you can only watch the first three episodes and then... Hey, you're not spending you any to to money out so going to dinner. I got you. Spend a couple bucks on some content, That's cheapo. That's true. Yeah, uh, it's, it's scary, not really entertaining. Okay. I'll give you a refund if you, you don't like so. it. <laughs> well, I don't have anything this weekend. Yeah, uh, Other than your book, right. anything, Jeff? Mm, no. <laughs> That's it. Stay healthy. Wear a mask. Wow, stay really? Wear a mask? Huh. Did the Surgeon General tell us not to back in February? Huh. Hmm. No shit. Right. Smooth running machine. I'm telling you, from my experience. Hugo's had better engines than the American administration right now. One way that you can uh, safely uh, correspond with us is send us an email at thegodlessheathens at yahoo.com or follow us on Twitter at Godless Podcast. Join the Godless Heathens Facebook discussion group. It's closed, it's hidden, it's private. Just send us... uh, Hey, what do you? What the, I always always blank on this. Oh, what the hell's the word? Send us a. It's not a request. Is it a request? Fuck, I don't know. I don't. I, what for? Yeah. The what Facebook? do you do when you want to join a group? You request to join yeah. a group. Hey, right, send us yeah, a request. Right. We're going to the request. Yeah. We don't know if that's the proper lingo, yeah, that, but those we're going with fifty. Those little fifty milliliter that's, bottles go a long way, Richie Cunningham, huh? Hey, that's 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 three hundred <laughs> liters, and I looked it up, and that was three hundred liters. That's three hundred milliliters, not three hundred milliliters. Three hundred liters. No, it's then you're no, it's, on. You're oh, on. It's like, man. awesome it's, before you die. Oh, it's pretty much a swimming pool full of uh, Fireball whiskey here. No, it's it's three hundred milliliters, which is like ten ounces. So it's a lot of hard five liquor, shots, my friend. Five shots. It's like five shots. All right, I'm going with five shots. Also, Patreon. You got to search it because we say the word "fuck." When we talked, uh, uh, Jeff was—he missed it last week, but he knew about this. I told him all about it. I did. That's when you—that's when you yeah, learned the virus. about that. Unless you're on Patreon, our Patreon link should be in in the uh, rundown. So, j- just click on that, and, and, and that'll get you to us. And uh, other than that, iTunes, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Jerry thinks it means absolutely nothing. We'd like to read it anyway, but uh, it does help with the uh, with our crazy algorithm. Yeah, I, I don't uh, 
as you can tell from this podcast, I don't believe a lot these days. <laughs> but I know, but I know if you subscribe, you will get new podcasts automatically put into your device or podcast catcher app or program of your choice. Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. You can even watch us on YouTube with its unholy right-wing radicalizing well, algorithm. Well, not watch us. You can that Jeff that Jeff somehow you can hear us. You can't is watch on us. 16 hours a day and has not become alt-right yet. So that is a testament to your mental fortitude, Jeff. I'm very focused on the things I watch. Since you're still mad at Jesus and Instead of going, I mean, you keep you keep going for these like long shot, you know, like home run derby shots over over the over the fence. How about how about like go for somebody that's realistic? Like uh, who's who's the person that wrote your latest book? Who's the person reading your book right now that's doing all these podcasts? They actually have a history of going on podcasts. Who, who's that person? Get, let's let's give them a shot. Catherine. Oh, Catherine, Catherine Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. Well, How about we put her in in in, in the we, seat? We see could do see that. if she's willing to fill it. I think it's time to have. I think it's time to have Tom back. Well, honestly, the virtual seat. Do you think? Yeah, I think yeah. it's time to uh, have yeah. a heart to heart with Tom. Because if he can't vote, because <laughs> if he can't vote for a Democrat, see, yeah, and I'm going to set Tom up right doing. now. If if he cannot vote for a Democrat <laughs> now, then we need to ha- we need to have a talk. That you know, right. straight up. Yeah, we're, we're we're talking Biden. We're not talking the right, socialists Jeff, right now. Reach out to so, Tom this know. week. All right. Okay. Send the Christian Can God do. signal up in the sky hmm. so he sees it. <laughs> well, Jesus might see it too. You never might. can who, tell. Who, hey, it's Easter. It's his you time. You don't baby. know what fish you're going to catch when you cast a net. You know, <laughs> you just throw it. That's that's true. A wide net. And then we could have four people arguing over the mic. That would be good. We wouldn't even be able to see him writing on his notes. We'll throw a net that could possibly catch Jesus, <laughs> and we'll throw some sort of harpoon and see if we can't snag Jeff. How about that? All right, not Jeff, uh, Tom. Okay. T- Jeff, I think, Tom. is going to be here. Yeah. You got me right now. <laughs> oh. Netting Jesus right. is yeah, a good in. close to this podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> see you we'll two see weeks. See you next time. Take care. The devil's bad, the devil.